Becoming an AMHSW is a podcast sharing the stories and experiences of social workers who have successfully attained their mental health accreditation. I'm Ashton Hayes. I'm an AMHSW in private practice and I specialise in supporting social workers through the process of mental health accreditation. Today I'm speaking with Jen Taylor-Mitchie, who's an accredited mental health social worker currently in her eighth year of working as a school counsellor in an independent high school. Jen has previous experience in community adult mental health, paediatric oncology, disability, geriatrics and spinal rehab. She enjoys her role mentoring and providing strengths and recovery-focused therapy for young people. Jen recently fulfilled the important role as a field supervisor to a social work student. Her recent accreditation meant that she was able to provide up-to-date supervision, steeped in relevant social work ethics, practice standards and reflective practice. Welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me. It's lovely to be here. You're so welcome. So um, I guess one of the reasons that I wanted to ask you on the pod today is just to have a chat about your experience of mental health accreditation. And so I'm just going to jump right into these questions, if that's okay. For sure. What led you to wanting to become an accredited mental health social worker? Well, I work in a um, high school and my colleagues are two psychologists and one person training to be a counsellor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I had had a big break from working when I brought my kids up. So I had seven years of social work in mostly hospital settings, including psychiatry and psychogeriatric, spinal rehab and oncology. And mm-hmm. then I had a 13-year break. And so coming back into the workforce, I'd been working as a school counsellor for six years when I started the accreditation process. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I guess having been out of the social work community for really uh, what's 13 plus 6, 19 years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I felt um, a real lack of confidence and I okay. knew that I had the skill base and I knew that I could do the job. But I had forgotten what makes me unique in that role. And Mm -hmm. that is because I'm a social worker and I needed to get back into the language, the ethics, the principles, the practice standards and the community. Mm -hmm. I really need to get back into that Um, for my own confidence as well. I knew that I was um, contributing at a really high level in my workplace, but Mm Having worked with a few colleagues that hadn't worked in a multidisciplinary team before and hadn't encountered social workers, they didn't know where to place me sometimes. Right. And I guess I took some of that to heart and, um, yeah, I needed to find my strength as a social worker to promote my unique voice in that role. Uh, So I did it for me. Um, Yeah, that's what led me to it. Okay, fantastic. So you were working in that high school role in your um, in the two year period that you were building up to applying for yeah, your accreditation. So, well, so actually, I was working part time. So mm-hmm. I had took the whole five years that the ASW requires. So if you're working right. part time, yeah, which mm-hmm. is the two year equivalent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes, because. Um, for people listening who aren't aware, you have to do two years full-time equivalent of post-qualifying experience, but you do have that five-year period in which you can do that so you mm. can work part-time. Okay, mm. great. Yeah, yeah. So then how long did the actual process of applying for accreditation take you? Well, it took me a year. 
from okay. from from July to July, basically, or May to May. Um, and that was partly because the professional development had those particular category requirements and mm -hmm. I had to make sure that I ticked all those off in the right format that the ASW requires. And I wanted to enjoy the learning. I wanted to enjoy that part of the process. Um, the other reason it took me a year, I guess, is because collating all the information, I had to go in depth I had to go down the ASW website so many times to work mm -hmm. out what it was that I actually had to do. And that sounds silly because when you read it retrospectively, it's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but for example, um, I had several different supervisors in that five-year time. Okay. Um, so I had to approach each of them individually and have each of them write me a reference and answer the particular questions and then mm -hmm. uploading those. There was difficulty with the tech with from the ASW side. Okay. Um, and so lots of phone calls back to the ASW, waiting to speak to the right person from that organisation was really hard sometimes. Mm. Um, so that all took time. Yeah. yeah. So I had to go back and forth, back and forth. And this is all because I didn't know about the existence of your becoming a accredited mental health social worker group. Had I known about that, I think it would have been quicker. Right. Um, and with a lot less heartache. Um, so that's why it took me a year. I, I did it. Um, I was happily doing it, but gee, there were a few um, difficult moments there which slowed me down. Mm. Yeah, no, I appreciate your honesty with that because I think that um, for some people, one of the reasons that they become a little bit daunted about it is because they can set very high expectations for themselves around the time it does take to apply for mental health accreditation. Mm. And I do think it can it can take a year. It certainly took me a year as well. And I'm very open about that um, because it's important, I think, for us as social workers to share our experiences. I mean, life gets in the way too, hey. We're working. We're exactly. <laughs> we have but, other things going on. Yeah, exactly right. Mm. So what was the most challenging part of the accreditation application for you? So I mentioned before that I had several different supervisors, mm -hmm. um, so that just slowed things down a little bit. The hardest thing would have been the practice standards. Okay. So, yeah, so I wrote them up answering each question, not appreciating that there were just 250-word limit on each question. Mm -hmm. And I sent that off for supervision with this lady that I, I love to use, um, who I use for, for normal supervision. And she had been um, through the old accreditation process, so I hadn't realised right. that I had gone over the word limit. Again, had I been in touch with the organisation, <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, um, three of the practice standards, I think there are 17, mm -hmm. is that right? Um, yes. Were knocked back. And, oh, my goodness, they rejected me. I felt so personally affected by it, mm -hmm. um, which is just ridiculous in hindsight. You had to use case studies to answer each um, question and I had just lost sight of that and not answered it in enough depth using the case study, applying the case study to the practice standard. Right. And um, the feedback I got from the ASW was just you hadn't used a uh, case um, example thoroughly. Okay. Enough. Nothing else. And you go, okay. And so that was really hard because of the impact on myself. Um mm -hmm. And, and saying that sounds like I hadn't developed any resilience. I mean, in, in normal circumstances, I would have dealt with that fine. It's just mm -hmm. that the process is quite um, onerous. So because of the compounding nature of the effort you have to put in, 
Mm -hmm. It really did knock me back um, in my confidence. Yeah. So that was the hardest thing. Um, Yeah, I guess the other thing was some tech issues. So I uploaded, as I mentioned before, um, several supervisors' feedback, my job description, all that stuff. But when I went in to have a look at what I'd uploaded, you can only see half of what you upload, or at least at that point in time, that's how their um, sort of platform was, was shaped. So okay. I felt, I thought that I hadn't uploaded everything. So I kept uploading it and uploading it. Oh, no. <laughs> and I still couldn't see what I'd actually upload and thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm driving myself crazy and I know I'm doing it right because, you know what, I'm such a um, I'm technically challenged. So I got all my tech people and my family to do it with me and they couldn't get anywhere. <laughs> and then when I called the ASW so many times, you know, there is no tech support for this process. Yes. There is nobody at the ASW whose job it is, is tech support. That's, so yes. It, and, and, it, and look, it's a, an organisation probably run on limited resources and that's fine and they're wonderful people, but you can't always encounter somebody who can give the exact answer you need in that exact moment. And I guess what I found is that you needed to be bloody minded and dogged about this process and just keep yeah. trying and ringing and trying until you find the right person who can answer the question. So I found those um, things the hardest part of it all. Right, yes. And, I mean, I think that's something that comes up amongst our our members quite a bit is the tech side of things. Ah. Um, so I'm not alone. You are not alone in that. You are not <laughs> okay. alone in that at all. Good to hear. Um, so then I guess off the back of that, what, if anything, do you wish you could have done differently? Yeah. I wish that I had immersed myself in the social work community um, via your page on Facebook earlier mm-hmm. and through supervision with you and getting your ebook. I wish that I had started with that instead of reached out for that in desperation. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd stumbled across the mention of your group from a different forum okay. and it was like, oh, my goodness, this is a thing. There. <laughs> People need support. It's not just yeah. me. Um, yeah, so I, I wish that I had done that differently. I, I guess I wish that I had um, really slowed down the process just to enjoy the learning part of it. Hmm. Um, yeah, that I would have just um, read and digested and got supervision and um, percolated in my mind what it was that I was immersing myself in so that I, it could be an enriching experience as opposed mm-hmm. to a jumping through hoop experience. Yeah. 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 And I, and I didn't have that, um, inside at the time. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I actually think that's a really wonderful point to make. Um, mm. because I think, uh, uh a lot of us do actually feel like it's jumping through hoops. And I think the process itself is sort of set up that way. Um, but I think, it, like you said, immersing yourself in the learning can actually make the experience a little less tense, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. Um, a little less stressful. So I really, I love that. I love that yeah. point that you made. Thank you. And we're supposed to be good at reflective practice, social We workers. are. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> can get lost sometimes it certainly can and you know you you were actually one of the earlier members of the group so it's really great to kind of hear your experience from someone who was around sort of in the early days and Mm. you know as you've heard me say lots of times I set that up specifically because I couldn't find support when I was going through my accreditation Mm. so yeah it's wonderful to hear that you you found that to be a supportive space. Oh, hugely, um, hugely. 
And it's great to be amongst other social workers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the PD that it's pushed me into has meant that I've connected with more social workers through the ASW for the professional identity section of the PD you have to do. So that's been really enriching too. Yeah, that's so great. I love that. So then what has changed for you as far as your career is concerned since you've been accredited? Mm. Thinking about this one, um, confidence. Yeah, confidence, confidence, confidence. Um, Like I said before, I I knew that I could do the job. I knew Mm -hmm. that I could deliver the the service to the kids at school. Uh, Mm -hmm. I knew that. But I now have a reason to be proud of my unique strengths that I offer that are separate to the other colleagues that I share who are not social workers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trauma-informed. I'm guided by my ethics of recovery and empowerment and collaboration. I'm strengths-focused in my work, mm-hmm. which is very different to looking at um, students from a um, deficit point of view or a pathology point of view where I'm providing an intervention. No, I'm there to get alongside people where they're at and mm-hmm. build their strengths and um, offer hope through really focusing on recovery. And, um, yeah, so what was the question again? <laughs> I was just asking what, what, how yeah. far your, how has your career changed yeah. um, at all since you've yeah. been accredited? And yeah, I think so that, that you, you've. Yeah, that unique sense of what I do. And being proud of it and sorry for forgetting and and feeling confident um, to to use my unique voice as a social worker knowing that actually I have something to say and it's different. I really, I I think that is again something really, really important. I think um, that idea of perceiving of people from a space of strength rather than what's wrong with them um, means that we're able to give people, I think, a space of hope mm. and yep. you're doing that incredible work with young people which is just so mm. so important mm. and I think a lot of our members uh, and and some of our listeners as well are working as uh, school counsellors and it's great to hear that you were using that role to get your accreditation I mm. think that will um, mean a lot to a lot of people to hear oh, that's that. great yeah so then I need to ask you, what is one piece of advice you would give to aspiring accredited mental health social workers? Uh, look, in the main part, go for it. We, we need more social workers who are um, confident with their unique voice and stepping up into the space that they already occupy mm-hmm. and uh, knowing that they're competitive um, with psychologists and other counsellors mm-hmm. because we do have those skills. We do have that unique um, perspective the other thing that I would say, um, secondly, would be to slow down your process again, um, mm-hmm. just, just in terms of enjoying the process and collaborating with other social workers. The other thing I thought of, which I encounter on a um, another forum on Facebook of counsellors and social workers and psychologists, particularly students who seem to be very um, much in a hurry to become an accredited mental health social worker in their very early days, perhaps even before graduating. Mm. And um, I sort of think, you know, the the very best psychologists um, who I've worked with um, have been ones that have worked in multidisciplinary teams in Mm -hmm. disability, health, corporate, um, 
and schools and they have spent those that time in the industry getting mm. that experience and having iron sharpened iron as we say mm. um, brushing up against other wise people in your team and really being mentored and coached for a few years pr- before going to private practice so yeah. I, I, I think the same thing applies to social workers we can be in a hurry to get into private practice and get that medicare number mm-hmm. um, but it just feels to me that we, we're sort of sometimes forgetting the value of just getting in there as a social worker first right? and getting that industry experience with other professionals in other um, disciplines, occupational therapy, speechy, doctors, nurses, um, all those other people who teach us so much about the world um, mm. and other social workers, of course, as well. And that wisdom, that collective wisdom can really enrich your, um, you know, your skill set and also your perspective on life. So I would say don't be in a hurry to get into private practice when you're first social worker and you're just graduating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. If you want to get years and years and years under your belt, getting that supervised um, exposure to practice where you are um, using psychologically focused strategies, mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm. But enjoy the learning along the way. Yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, thank you for that. I think also that's that's really great advice. I think we're always learning as social workers, aren't we? We're, we're, we're never stuck. We're always evolving and being able to draw on the collective wisdom of people who sit around us in uh, whatever the work that we're doing mm. is, is very important and I think it um, can certainly inform the way that we interact with our clients. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the longer you're out in the field, the more experience and exposure you have. So, yeah, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. It sounds like um, you have a lot of wisdom to share <laughs> with people and the young people. I just people. turned 50 last week, so I'm hoping there's something there. Happy birthday <laughs> for last week. Yeah, I mean, sure, once once you get to 50, of course you've got, you've got lots of stuff to share. So <laughs> thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Ashton. It's been really fun and I really appreciated your time and the support you gave me last year getting onto the process and just getting through and finishing. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Becoming an AMHSW is brought to you by Willow Tree EAP, an employee assistance program providing supportive self-care for helping professionals. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Becoming an AMHSW. If you'd like more information about mental health accreditation, please email info at ashtonhayesconsulting.com.au. And please see the show notes for links to resources discussed in today's episode.